Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Bob Levy. Bob is the chairman emeritus of the uh, Cato Institute. We'll be talking about the basics of tort law. Dr. Zudi Jasser is the founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. He's a real champion of liberty and fighting jihad. And uh, we'll also visit with Ellen Prager. She is a marine scientist. Uh, she's uh, notably spent a lot of time underwater. Uh, and uh, now we'll get some comments from her about the hurricane. And then Catherine Marriott is the outreach coordinator for the community pregnancy clinics. We'll visit with Catherine as well. It is August the 30th, and on this day in 1967, Thurgood Marshall became the first African-American to be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. He would remain on the Supreme Court for 24 years before retiring for health reasons, leaving a legacy of upholding the rights of the individual as guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution. From a young age, Marshall seemed destined for a place in the American justice system. His parents instilled in him an appreciation for the Constitution, a feeling that was reinforced by his school teachers who forced him to read the document as punishment for his misbehavior. After graduating from Lincoln University in 1930, Marshall sought admission to the University of Maryland Law School, but was turned away because of the school's segregation policy, which effectively forbade black students from studying with whites. Instead, Marshall attended Howard University Law School, from which he graduated magna cum laude in 1933. He later successfully sued Maryland School of Law for its unfair admissions po uh, policy. Setting up a private practice in his home state of Maryland, Marshall quickly established a reputation as a lawyer for the little man. In a year's time, he began working with Baltimore NAACP, the National Association for Advancement of Colored People, and went on to become the organization's chief counsel by the time he was 32. Uh, over the next two decades, Marshall distinguished himself as one of the country's leading advocates for individual rights, winning 29 of 32 cases he argued in front of the Supreme Court, all of which challenged in some way the separate but equal doctrine that had been established by the landmark uh, Plessy v. Ferguson in 1896. The high watermark for Marshall's career as litigator came in 1954 with his victory in Brown v. the Board of Education of Topeka. In that case, Marshall argued that the separate but equal principle was unconstitutional and the, uh, des designed to keep black people as near slavery as possible. <clears throat> in 1961, Marshall, appointed by then-President John F. Kennedy to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, a position he held until 1965 when Kennedy's successor, Lyndon B. Johnson, named his, uh, him as Solicitor General. Following his retirement of uh, Justice Tom Clark in 1967, President Johnson appointed Marshall to the Supreme Court, a decision confirmed by the Senate with a 69-11 to 11 vote. Over the next 24 years, Marshall became one of our favorite—came uh, out in favor of abortion rights and against the death penalty as he continued his tireless commitment to ensuring equitable treatment 
of individuals by uh, state and federal governments. Uh, equal treatment under the law, not equity, uh, you'll notice. He's a good man. Did a lot for uh, justice in America. Well, of course, the big news is our Hurricane Idalia uh, strengthened to a dangerous Category 4 storm this morning as it steamed towards Florida's Big Bend region and threatens to unleash life-threatening storm surges and rainfall. It's projected to come ashore as early Wednesday morning as a Category 4 storm with sustained winds of at least 130 miles an hour in light, lightly populated Big Bend region where the Florida Panhandle concurs into the peninsula. The result could be a big blow to Florida, still dealing with the lingering damage from uh, Hurricane Ian. The National Weather Service in Tallahassee called Idalia an unprecedented event since no major hurricanes on record have ever passed through the bay abutting the Big Bend. Maximum sustained winds are 120 miles an hour, with a, which is Category 3. Uh, the National Hurricane Center is warning of storm surges of 10 to 15 feet in some areas of Florida as the hurricane makes landfall, warning residents of destructive, life-threatening winds across the state. The National Hurricane Se- uh, Center is uh, projecting over a foot of rain in some locations. Those poor folks up there. After it makes landfall, Adalia will be, uh, make a northeast curl over South Georgia and the coastal Carolinas through Thursday, which eventually weakening into a tropical storm. Locally, water levels of, are about one to two feet, apparently above normal, from Naples to Fort Myers and the Tampa Bay area. So storm surge has been minimal. We're still experiencing some wind gusts of up to 38 miles an hour. We had tornado warnings at, uh, as school was letting out yesterday, which angered some parents. And by the way, it annoyed me that we uh, got four phone calls, all automated phone calls from Collier County uh, warning us of tornadoes. One would be enough. <laughs> this time we were fortunate here on the Paradise Coast uh, to avoid the storm. We do feel for the people up there in that portion of Florida. <clears throat> The Biden White House is freaked out about the sudden spurt in gas prices at the pump, which are now over $4 a gallon in, gallon in many states. High gas prices agitate voters, so the White House has come up with a plan to bring down prices. Get more oil. Not from Texas or Oklahoma or Alaska, but from Venezuela. Yep, the gangster socialist Maduro is going to help bring prices down here in the United States. By the way, uh, he's, we're saying we'll do business with Maduro uh, based on uh, him conducting fair and free elections. Does anybody in their right mind think that Maduro will allow free action, uh, free elections? Uh, in my opinion, Biden set the bar pretty low when it comes to free elections, so maybe he'll uh, give a pass on that one. Mortgage rates were 2.9% when Trump left office, and now they're 7.1%. The median home value today is roughly $410,000. This means the typical mortgage payment has risen to almost $900 more per month. It's the Bidenomics mortgage tax, if you will, each and every month for 960 months on a 30-year home loan. <clears throat> so $900 a month for 30, 360 months. This means over the course of the loan, a young family pays $32,000 more if you buy a home in a high uh, high home value area of California or Florida, for example, your total payments will be closer to $50,000 higher. Thanks, Joe. That's a, a result of inflation and uh, the, your inflationary spending and what you've done with gas prices, alternative energy costs. 
Well, U.S. District uh, Judge Tanya Chunkin has scheduled the trial date for President Donald Trump's federal case, alleging he attempted to overturn the 2020 election results from March the 4th, a day before Super Tuesday. Can you believe that? The Associated Press reported on the Chunkin decision Monday in uh, Washington, D.C., after she denied Trump's legal team's request for a spring 2026 date. March 4th comes a day before that a dozen states hold their causes or primaries, uh, marking one of the most momentous days of the presidential primary process. Now, the public has a right to prompt an efficient resolution of this, matter. Chunkin said on Monday. Uh, Setting a trial date doesn't depend on and should not depend on the defendant's personal and professional obligations, the judge also remarked, saying nothing at all about the obligation to the American people. Mr. Trump, like defendant, like any defendant, will have to make the trial date work regardless of his schedule. Well, the interesting thing that's going to happen here is it's probably going to just heighten the intensity of the support for Trump, uh, highlighting him and making him the news as opposed to uh, the elections. Prosecutors under special counsel Jack Smith have been seeking a trial date in January, weeks ahead of the Iowa caucuses. Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio has endorsed Trump for the Republican presidential nomination, was quick to weigh in, slamming the move as straight-up election interference, of course, uh, which it is. Trump faces four counts in the case, including conspiracy to defraud the United States. I have to smile when I say that. It's just unbelievable. Conspiracy to uh, obstruct an official proceeding and obstruction of the attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against uh, rights human rights, I guess. He faces a maximum of 55 years if convicted on all counts. Can you believe that? Uh, uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's case against Trump alleges 34 counts of falsifying business records. It's all bogus and unbelievable. And by the way, an Emerson College poll released Monday shows that former President Donald Trump increased his lead to two percentage points over President Joe Biden in a hypothetical matchup of the 2024 presidential candidates. The poll shows that Trump will, uh, with a lead of 46 to 44 percent over Biden after last, last week's poll uh, showed them tied. The poll also shows that with Green Party candidate Cornell West on the ballot, Trump's lead is 44 to 39 percent with 4% supporting uh, West and 13% undecided. After George's indictment of Donald Trump, a new McLaughlin national poll shows he's not only beats Biden, but he would defeat the current president with an electoral landslide. An electoral landslide. The race, uh, race between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is no longer close. Trump is clearly leading. Uh, it's still early, but Trump has pulled off a stunning turnaround since the 2020 election. Well, intoxicated by the thrill of humiliating former President uh, Donald Trump for the fourth time, Democrats opted to take and release a mugshot following his arrest in Fulton County. It was a serious miscalculation, and the realization of this foolish, unforced error is just beginning to sink in. Perhaps the most immediate consequence of this colossal blunder was that it instantaneously catapulted Trump to legend status in the eyes of black men who've lined the street at his motorcade, wound its way into Fulton County Jail as a member of the uh, company's board uh, beginning in uh, April 2014. They see the mugshot as a symbol of of a, the man sticking it to the people, a feeling with which they are intimately familiar. So it's so interesting 
to see uh, how this mugshot has turned out. They wanted to humiliate him. What they did is elevate him again as a candidate and a champion of the people. Just so unbelievable. And by the way, uh, fired uh, Ukraine prosecutor General Viktor Shokin claims that then second son Hunter Biden was brought onto the Ukrainian gas company's Burisma board in order to provide protection for the CEO and uh, founder um, Mykola Zloshevsky from criminal investigations. I have no doubts that there were illegal activities engaged in by by the Burisma board. He said, one nation host uh, Brian Kilmeade threw a translator in the interview that aired on Saturday night. It continued to expand, and Zolchevsky, who at the time held the uh, post of minister, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was just one of those people. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with... Uh, uh, Dr. Zudi Jasser, he is the founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. Right now we have with us Bob Levy. Bob is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in Washington, D.C. and focused on free markets, private property, securing individual rights, and limited government. C-A-T-O dot O-R-G on the web. Thank you, Bob. And uh, I thought we might talk about tort law uh, because it's a topic we haven't talked about before, and I think there's some confusion about it. What exactly is tort law, and how does it differ from, say, uh, contract law or criminal law? Well, tort law um, should be limited to resolving disputes over injuries between strangers. By that, I mean people who had no opportunity to negotiate in advance. Uh, the obvious example is a, a pedestrian who's injured by a negligent driver. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't meet before the accident to discuss who would pay for what under what circumstances. Contract law is different. It's, it's designed for transactions between people who do have an opportunity to decide before any injury occurs on the terms that's going to govern their relationship. So contracts can be drafted to specify who bears how much risk and what would be done in the event of unexpected occurrences. For example, a a doctor and a patient can agree up front on the quality of care, the definition of negligence, and the remedies if problems arise. Typically, if the patient bears more of the risk uh, and the doctor provides less of the care, then the price of the medical procedure is reduced uh, accordingly. Mm -hmm. So when when patients and doctors are able to bargain, they and they agree to terms that define their conduct, that's a contract. And it's, it's essential that courts honor that private deal and that it does not devolve into a tort action. If a patient benefits from a reduced price by the doctor Uh in return for waiving the patient's right to sue for malpractice unless there's gross negligence or an intentional injury, then that waiver has to be enforced as part of that contract. Otherwise, it's an affront to personal autonomy and to individual responsibility. Thank you for Bob. That was very interesting. So, so why do we need tort reform? Well, you remember Florida jury somehow conjured up punitive damages of $145 billion <laughs> uh, for a class of tobacco plaintiffs. And then a couple of years after that, there was, it was a California jury that recommended the $28 billion uh, treasure trove for one claimant. Uh, and in, in, in uh, a previous year, four major cigarette companies, you'll recall, the Master Settlement Agreement, uh, they agreed to the to the grandmother of all awards, and that was a quarter of a trillion dollar settlement to reimburse 
states for smoking-related Medicaid costs. So that's the way it goes. It's not just tobacco, but guns, asbestos, sort of a cross-section of American industry that has morphed into this mass tort monster, DDT, lead paint, Benedictine, uh, the Dalkin Shield, silicon breast <clears throat> implants, Fen-Fen, uh, and on and on. So since 1930, litigation costs have grown four times faster yeah. than the overall economy. And the Chamber of Commerce has estimated that the annual cost of the tort system is close to $1,000 per person. That's the equivalent of about a 5% tax wow. on wages. Wow. In aggregate dollars, that's a quarter of a trillion dollars. And the Congressional Budget Office estimated about $40 billion in savings if limits on jury awards for pain and suffering were enacted. And that's nearly 10 times greater than the CBO projected the previous year. So this is a real big problem that definitely needs reform. It uh, It is a big problem. I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but that cigarette case, I, I recall reading that the attorneys in Texas made $75,000 an hour in that case. In that tobacco settlement. So, yes, yeah. that's right. Wow. So how does Florida uh, tort law uh, and its regime stack up against other states? Well, five years ago, um, American tort reform reported uh, Florida was number two judicial hellhole for tort litigation, second only to uh, California. Florida has not only experienced a series of devastating hurricanes, said the American tort reform, but also a storm of unsound decisions from the Florida Supreme Court that further damaged uh, the state's civil justice system. The plaintiff's lawyers wreak havoc in the Sunshine State and Republican leadership continues to stymie efforts to clamp down on abuse. This was some time ago, and they reported that excessive tort costs to the Florida economy resulted in about $8 billion in annual costs and a loss of about 126,000 jobs when they considered all the effects. But then in 2019... There were, four, just four years ago, there were significant changes in the Florida Supreme Court's membership, as well as recent changes um, in the state's legislative leadership. And Americans for Tort Reform has now praised uh, Governor DeSantis for making uh, tort reform a top priority uh, since he took office. And Florida is no longer on the list of judicial hellholes that American tort reform publishes. That is so interesting, Bob. Thank you for that. So how has our malpractice mess evolved? Well, defenders of the current malpractice system would have, they'd have nearly every so-called victim of an imperfect medical procedure compensated by the doctor, especially if the doctor is employed uh, by a, a large corporation. And those theories, I think, have penetrated deeply into the minds of judges and jurors. And as a result, the cost of medical ins- uh, service now includes a malpractice premium yeah. that probably exceeds the actual cost of the misconduct itself. And the doctors that provide health services have come to believe 
that no matter what they do, no matter how responsibly they behave, they're going to be held liable for outcomes, some of which uh, they have very little control over. So those problems are real. Um, But however real the problem, if there's no constitutional authority, then Congress has to stay out of it. Nowhere in the Constitution is there a federal power to set rules that control lawsuits uh, by in-state patients against in-state doctors for in-state malpractice. Now, some of those damages awards may be shocking, but they're not commerce and they're not interstate. So malpractice reform may be, and I think very much is a very desirable thing. It may even be a necessary thing, but it is not uh, the business of the federal government. Gee, it would be nice if the federal government just stayed in their lane, wouldn't it, Bob? <laughs> Bob That's Lee, right. <laughs> Bob Lee, again, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the very robust website, cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Bob, just really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. Zudi Jasser. He's the founder and president of the uh, American Islamic Forum for Democracy. He's also the author of The Battle for the Soul of Islam. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Gulf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Gulf Shore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, Gulf Shore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of 1st Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions, Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with marine scientist Ellen Prager. Right now we have with us Dr. Zudi Jasser. Dr. Jasser is the founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. He's also uh, the author of a terrific book. It's called the, the Battle for the Soul of Islam. Dr. Jasser, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's great to be with you, Bob. Thanks for having me. Certainly my pleasure, Dr. Jasser. Uh, let's start off by asking you about the Islamic, American Islamic Forum for Democracy. What's it all about? Yeah, our forum basically counters the root cause of jihad, of radical Islam, and all of the threat uh, that comes not only from viral radical groups like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and others, but the top-down problem that comes from regimes that are based in Sharia, Islamic law, and others that, that we feel is the root cause of Islam, and that Islam needs to go through an enlightenment, a reform, and our reform is based on a mission that uh, the, the root cause is political Islam or Islamism, and the solution is Americanism, and that we want to separate mosques and states you know, I'm a devout Muslim, I believe in my faith, but uh, believe that it has yet to go through a process in which the theocrats and the ideas of theocracy are defeated, as we see in Iran, Saudi Arabia, and elsewhere. I'd like to just insert the importance of your book, The Battle for the Soul of Islam, a terrific read by Dr. Zudi Jasser. I encourage our listeners, it's yeah, your transparency and your faith, uh, all uh, very uh, laid out in the book, and I just encourage our listeners to, uh, to, to get a copy and to read The Battle for the Soul of Islam. So uh, th this kind of raises the specter of the United States now cr striking a deal with the uh, country of Iran about uh, our the hostages there, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts and feelings about that. You know, it's, it's just uh, uh, mind-numbing to me that there isn't more coverage of this. Uh, the U.S. government agreed uh, a week or so ago to basically provide and release $6 billion, uh, and the ante keeps going up. We thought it was horrific when the Obama administration released $400 million for a hostage trade. Uh, and now uh, the Biden administration released $6 billion to release, and it's not even a release, it's to shift five prisoners into a holding cell or, you know, house arrest so that uh, we have to then release five of their spies that we have convicted here in the United States uh, for providing information to Iran. And uh, it, it goes on from there. They're actually now going to release, they're looking at releasing $16 billion over the next year in order to prevent uh, them getting closer to nuclear um, arms. And yet, uh, they are demonstrating that they're getting close to actually beginning testing. Mm. So, you know, to me, it's just amazing that uh, nobody's talking about how weak this administration is, how much they are providing surrender and appeasement of uh, militancy and radical Islam when it comes to Iran. And they're basically con continuing Obama 3.0, which continued the... Um, policy of the opposite of what the Trump administration wanted, which was maximum pressure, and the Obama administration and now Biden or Obama 3.0's policy is basically uh, no nuclear and full appeasement at any cost necessary with America becoming a paper tiger 
and no longer being feared in the Middle East. And unfortunately, Dr. Uh, Jasser, it appears to me that that's kind of uh, the policy around the globe, in other words, is appeasement as opposed to showing strength and uh, taking a stand for the American people. And so thank you for that, for that uh, de uh, description. Dr. Jasser, I'm concerned about the southern border. I read this morning, in fact, that uh, there's ISIS members or former ISIS members that are now helping people get across the border. We don't know who's coming across the border or what their origins might be, but my concern is there could be some uh, Islamic jihad, some uh, pol political jihad uh, coming across our borders because nobody's checking. Uh, they aren't. They're, they're flowing through like uh, water through a sieve. And uh, there's no way we, we have the means or, or the mechanism of checking, but by the way they're coming through, uh, they would have to be uh, assessed for not only facial recognition, but uh, all the different aliases that they use. And we're, we're seeing that there's some that after they've been in for a while that are then being found on the terrorist list that are on the watch, the global uh, terror watch lists, and and uh, then they're trying to figure out where they went and and uh, to say that this is not a uh, imminent threat to our safety, to our security inside our homeland. I mean, uh, it, it it just again is is, is mind numbing, and and uh, yet uh, Miorcus, uh thinks that somehow he is uh, uh, doing the right. Thing. He, he should not be impeached while he really should be. And Homeland Security has become irrelevant uh, when it comes to their coordination with the border uh, security and, and all the other uh, aspects of uh, uh, what keeps our families safe. And this is not to mention the drug uh, input that's coming with lethal fentanyl and and uh, all the lives that have been sacrificed that are that are uh, at risk because of it. Uh, it's just on every front possible our country is more at risk today than we've been in generations yeah and, and, and the irony and hypocrisy of having to take off our shoes and empty our pockets as we go through to get on an airplane and uh, have to get shots and uh, vaccines and all kinds of things and these people just bore, pour across the border with no checks whatsoever it's uh, just unbelievable uh, Dr. Jesser uh, <clears throat> Do you think, uh, I guess the question might be, Islamic Jihad, we, we haven't seen instances recently, it hasn't been in the news, uh, is it still as big an issue as it was in 2001? Very much so. I mean, you know, for example, the way we pulled out of Afghanistan was so absurdly incompetent and not only cost the lives of the, the 13 that perished uh, in the ISIS attack, but really sent a signal to the world that America is completely is not only irrelevant but will run away with its tail between its legs in a in a fashion in which uh, they don't even use appropriate methods of staging through um, runways and other aspects that would be more safe than, than what they did. So you know the message to the Taliban was we were again a paper tiger. They promised to allow women to go to school and other things, and within six months they turned on a dime and, and went back to the, uh, their core tenets, which is, you know, 12th century interpretation of Islamic law in which women are tortured and not allowed to go to school or, or work or anything. And that's just in Afghanistan. You look in Iraq, Iraq's been handed over to Iran and, uh, the, the radical elements of Iranian jihad, uh, 
made us jihad are, are, are growing exponentially. Mossad in Syria and his um, actions as a client state of Iran are, are growing exponentially. There's no longer, uh, while, you know, people think that ISIS has uh, diminished, it really hasn't, it's diminished a bit in Syria, but it is uh, popping up in northern Africa, Somalia, and elsewhere. So the, the threat of, of Islamic Jihad is, is greater than it's uh, ever been. There may not be specific attacks happening uh, right now as it's sort of regrouping into different branding, if you will, but uh, it's really sadly only a matter of time. Again, Dr. Zudi Jasser, I, I highly recommend the book, uh, The Battle for the Soul of Islam. It's an important read. Also, uh, Dr. Jasser, how can we check out, uh, what's the website for uh, the American Fo Islamic Forum for Democracy? Yeah, please visit our website. It's AIF, as in forum, AIFdemocracy.org. And my podcast is Reform This. It's on uh, Apple and uh, uh, anywhere you can find your podcast. It's uh, from Blaze Radio. Very good. Dr. Jasser, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks a lot, Bob. Always great to be with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Jasser. And uh, <clears throat> I had a chance to meet him personally. He was here in Naples. That's got to be 20 years ago and uh, maintained contact since. He's just a great man. He's a uh, commander in the uh, United States Navy. So uh, probably lieutenant commander, I think is what it was in the, uh, in the United States Navy. Anyhow. Moving on, we're going to be visiting with Ellen Prager. She is a uh, marine scientist. Uh, and we're going to be talking to her about uh, Idalia. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. And a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that uh, Lulabee's Diner is uh, very famous for great breakfasts and great lunches. Well, now they're serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu is terrific. The value is there. It's just great. Uh, the chef is doing a terrific job. I hope you'll visit Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Dinner uh, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. We have with us Ellen Prager. She is a, a marine biologist. She's an author. Her One of her books that I read is uh, Oceans. It is terrific. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Ellen. And uh, let's first of all talk. Do you have any uh, recent releases? I know you were beginning to write uh, children's books. So I was. I've been writing some adventure novels for teens, but I'm actually... I'm working on a new popular science book that I'm really excited about with the, for the Columbia University Press with my co-author, meteorologist Dave Jones. And uh, it's going to be looking at some of, the, some of the things that people have a lot of questions about with regard to the ocean and atmosphere. So we're real excited. We don't have a title yet, but it'll be coming out next fall. Well, thank you for that. And uh, by the way, I just uh, I have to just comment that reading oceans, it's you was so revealing and so interesting. It just helped me understand how little we know about what's happening around uh, four fifths of the world of the globe here uh, in our oceans. So, a terrific book. I just encourage our listeners to get a copy. So, I wanted to get your comments and thoughts about what's happening now. We have a Dahlia coming through. Another uh, Franklin, of course, on the uh, east coast of the uh, United States, but now moving on. Uh, this is a, such an interesting story. I want to get your thoughts. Well, I'm not. I mean, you know, you hate to use word interesting, where it's something going to be truly catastrophic for where it comes in. It was just downgraded from a Cat Four to a Cat Three storm, which means uh, where that storm comes in, it's going to be catastrophic damage with about 130 mile an hour winds and 10 to 15 foot storm surge. And it's not just where it's coming ashore. If you look at the wind direction, it's going to be hours coming from the west and southwest, heading towards the east and north, and that is going to cause, already is causing, drastic surge in from Tampa Bay, up the coast, Clearwater, Madeira Beach. They're all seeing it, Crystal River. And, you know, it's it's pretty, it's going to be tragic where it comes on shore and they have the wind and the surge. Yeah. But boy, this sure is scary. You know, we, we had experienced Ian last year and we were expecting it to, to pass along the same path, close to the same path that we're seeing at Dahlia right now. But uh, what's different? Why did that, Why do we have one storm that's just motoring along and going up a straight line towards the coast? And, uh, you know, we have uh, different circumstances with uh, Ian last year. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the steering patterns. You, the, the hurricanes get their fuel from the ocean, and we know right now it's unprecedentedly hot 
all around the world in the oceans, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. So that's where these storms are getting their fuel or their power. Mm -hmm. But what directs them is really the atmosphere. There's a trough um, right now that's steering this storm. So that those atmospheric conditions are very different from month to month, day to day even. And so that's, that's what causes, you know, these storms to go in different places. Yeah, so interesting. So we're going to see 10 to 15 uh, foot storm surges. Last year, uh, well, in, in our cases, we lost a couple of cars. All the cars in our garage were lost. They are actually, the water was up to the roof of the, of the garage. And float, cars were f uh, floating around. I would imagine the storm surge here was probably 12 feet. Uh, so 15 feet. I mean, each additional foot is an a, a order of magnitude in terms of the destruction it can create. Right. Well, and so, you know, one of the things that I, I hope people realize, and this is why when they call for evacuations, it not, it's not just about flooding. Like you said, <clears throat> you know, if you have a, car, a, a garage flooded and your cars are lost, but when you get that kind of water moving on shore, it is really powerful. So you're going to get flooding, but directly on shore, when that storm starts and we saw it in, that water's going to destroy homes, buildings, roadways, bridges. Yeah. So it's about the flooding, but it's also about the power of flowing water. Very powerful indeed. Well, I'll tell you, I, I will never ignore threats of storm surge ever again. I'll tell you, tell you that. Uh, it yep. was very powerful. Yesterday, we had warnings of tornadoes. Can you comment on that uh, with regard to hurricanes? Sure. Well, one of the things happens is, you know, we all see these in the radar now. You know, we've got great forecasts, great tracking and radar. And you can see these feeder bands coming on. And one of the things that happens is when those winds come on shore at ground level, you're starting to get friction from the land. All that rough surfaces, the trees, the, the even just the roadway, everything is creating a roughness. So what happens is the winds down at the surface start to slow, but up in the upper atmosphere, they're still going forward. And that can create rotation. And so when you get these feeder bands coming on, on shore with strong winds, you can start getting rotation, and that's when there's a real danger of tornadoes coming, come, you know, developing as these bands come on shore, these really strong feeder bands. That's so interesting. And, boy, they are violent and deadly, too, because they're seeing thousands of trees destroyed here on the Paradise Coast last year, and must have been tornadoes involved in that as well. Well, it certainly you get tornadoes involved, but, you know, also when Ian came on, it had really strong winds. So it was it was the winds from the hurricane, it was tornadoes, and, of course, the surge. Am I wrong in assuming if you have indigenous plants, for example, here in Florida, they tend to survive a lot better than what might be planted from up north? In other words, indigenous uh, plants and, and trees and so forth are much better than uh, other, other types of plants that we might bring into the uh, Paradise Coast. Uh, you know, that, that's, poss that's certainly possible to some extent, but I'll tell you, with when you get a, a cat four, it doesn't even matter if it's indigenous or not. It, they're, they're not going to do well. Although you will see, uh, you know, some, some trees, they get their leaves and branches stripped, and then a couple of years later, you, you see that coming back, and those are probably more of the indigenous trees. The other problems what we're having is that the ground gets saturated, and you combine that with wind and surge, and the roots just can't keep hold and so you get a lot that's what one of the things they're really worried about in Tallahassee right now if you, anybody's ever been there seen those beautiful big oaks right yes. those big, giant trees 
they're really concerned about you get soaking rains, the ground becomes saturated, and then you get a strong wind, and you get a lot of downed trees. Alan Prager, again, author and marine scientist. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. And, you know, my heart and prayers go out to everybody who is going through the storm right now. Thank you so much for that, Ellen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, uh, Catherine Marriott. She's the outreach coordinator for the community pregnancy clinics. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Catherine Marriott. She is the outreach coordinator for the community pregnancy clinics. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me, Bob. Certainly my pleasure. Tell us about the community pregnancy clinics. Sure. So we're the largest system of pregnancy centers in the state of Florida. We have clinics in Naples, Fort Myers, Sarasota, Gainesville, as well as two mobile medical clinics, which park throughout the state in different abortion-vulnerable communities. All of our services are free and confidential, and we exist just to serve women with care, compassion, and choices before, during, and after birth. A fantastic organization. I've been to some of the uh, uh, galas uh, that you've hosted and uh, to, to meet parents that have uh, maybe uh, had an unwanted pregnancy and ended up uh, being having uh, so much love for the child. It's just amazing experience uh, for me 
And, uh, of course, Tucker Carlson and other speakers that we've had come through have just been amazing, too. I understand you've got the uh, 50th anniversary gala coming up. Yes, exactly. So 2024 does mark our 50th anniversary. Our first clinic was founded in 1974, just a few months after Roe versus Wade was originally passed. So what started as a tiny volunteer-run clinic in Naples has expanded to, like I said, the largest system of pregnancy centers in Florida. So we're very excited to be celebrating our 50th anniversary. And on April 6, 2024, we will be having our anniversary gala black tie event. It'll be in Naples at the Ritz-Carlton Tiburon. And we're extremely excited to announce that Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire will be our featured speaker. So very excited to celebrate the legacy of life CPCI has created. Oh, that's so cool. So, Catherine, how do we get tickets? How do we get information about the gala? Sure. So information about the gala could be found on our support website, which is supportcpci.com. We also have our client website if you want to learn more about our services, which is communitypregnancyclinic.com. Communitypregnancyclinic.com. So uh, I understand you have a 24-7 nurse chat now on, on your website. Yes, exactly. So that is found on our client-facing website, communitypregnancyclinic.com. And that was launched a few months ago, and it's exactly what it says. It's the 24-7 nurse chat, so women who are in um, crisis need to learn more about our services, how we can help them, can go to our site at any time of the day and be connected directly with a live nurse who can provide them more information, counseling, support, and most importantly, book an appointment at one of our clinics throughout the state. Yeah. Terrific service indeed, because uh, I can only imagine unwanted uh, pregnancy and uh, uh, all of a sudden uh, you feel abandoned, I'm sure, by the community. And uh, the community pregnancy clinics just do outstanding work in order to provide that kind of support. So, uh, by the way, how how did you weather the, uh, the hurricanes? Yes, so our clinics are doing well. Please send prayers to our Gainesville Clinic, which looks like it'll be in the path of the most destruction. So today... Our Naples and Fort Myers clinics are open and seeing clients. Our Sarasota clinic, I believe, is doing a half day. And then our Gainesville clinic will be closed until we see how that storm is going to be affecting them. So prayers for our clinics, our staff, and, of course, most importantly, the women and families that we serve in the areas that are going to be impacted are most appreciated. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, you'd mentioned that your services are free of charge to your clients and to the the women who come to the uh, clinic. How are you funded? Sure. So we're funded um, entirely by private donors. Um, If you want to be a part of the CPCI family and donate, whether it's your time, talent, or treasure, you can do so at supportcpci.com to learn more about ways that you can donate. Supportcpci.com, again, is the website. Uh, So uh, any parting message? Um, we're just so grateful. We're so grateful to be in existence, to be serving women and families in need, and grateful for any of your listeners who um, are pro-life, who are supporting moms and families who are in vulnerable positions, who may be considering abortion and need support from their communities if they're not finding it in their families. So well, I just thank everyone who is listening. I, of course, thank you, Bob, for having me on the show and just spreading this pro-life message because it is one that is so important and it's so needed today, especially 
with the state of our culture right now. So thank you so much for having me, Bob. My pleasure, Catherine Merritt. Again, Outreach Coordinator for Community Pregnancy Clinics. Just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. I learned a lot. Tomorrow we've got great guests, including Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of uh, Less Government. And Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well. Lots to catch up on on what's happening here on the Paradise Coast. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed the show, I hope you'll tell your friends. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers. And I just genuinely appreciate your support in listening to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com.